Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 64 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, it is finally Friday. The week is finally over. We can start to relax heading into the weekend. Boy, oh boy, did the NFL have some pretty interesting news. It looks like Pizza Hut actually got out pizza by Little Caesars, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in today's episode. And to start off today's episode, we're actually going to talk about the Clemson Tigers and kind of their reemergence in the 2023 recruiting class and why we shouldn't be shocked to see them shoot possibly to the number one recruiting class in 2023. And then to finish off today's episode, we will talk about the Christian Wood trade to the Dallas Mavericks and how Christian Wood might finally be that piece that the Mavericks need to make a deep playoff push, as well as the Houston Astros throwing two immaculate innings in one single game against the Texas Rangers. But anyway, guys, before we start today's episode, like we always do, please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both of those platforms. If you love daily sports content or you just love daily sports news, I highly suggest following both of those platforms because, man, we're slowly growing and growing and growing, much more of a fan base and just a community, and I highly suggest joining now while you can. But anyway, guys, let's get right into today's episode. I don't want to waste any of y'all's time. As you know, I'd like to get straight to the point, but the first news of today's episode that I want to talk about is regarding the Clemson Tigers. Now, the Clemson Tigers, their 2023 class, probably a couple weeks ago, was not really that strong. It was definitely a top 25 class, but compared to how their past recruiting has been, it definitely was kind of eh. But actually, this past week, Clemson, they got some decent recruits. And the first recruit that they did get is three-star tight end out of Archbishop Wood High School in Pennsylvania, um, Marcus Dixon. Now, Marcus is a six foot four, 230-pound tight end and is ranked as the 477th top prospect in the 2023 cycle. So obviously, he's not ranked as the highest, but he still does have a year to even bump up his recruiting recruiting page and I definitely expect him to as well because that six foot four frame and 230 pounds already as he's just now about to be a senior in high school that definitely is going to get a lot of you know colleges to start to look at him and I think the fact that Clemson was able to jump on him early and get him to commit to the Tigers he could definitely be a key piece in their offense whether it is blocking or it is receiving so a huge pickup for the Tigers and also they were not done Dabo Sweeney said no 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 we're going to continue to attack the 2023 class so they actually went out and got a commitment from ESPN top 300 defensive tackle Vic Burley now Vic Burley he is ranked as a number 60 first prospect in the 2023 class and stands at a I mean just amazing six foot five 270 pound frame as a senior in high school so yeah was definitely highly recruited now he chose Clemson over schools like Georgia Michigan State and Tennessee so definitely some pretty solid school choices that he chose the Tigers over so Anyway, and also his Vic's commitment comes just two days after Clemson actually got another commitment from four-star linebacker Jamal Anderson, who is also from Georgia. So it's looking like Clemson's starting to attack the Georgia scene a little bit because, as you know, a lot of times Georgia products end up going to Alabama, Georgia, or LSU, staying more down in the south. And, yes, I know South Carolina and where Clemson is is in the south, but I mean, like, definitely more in the south-south. But, anyway, this is an amazing pickup for Clemson as they already known for having one of the better defensive lines in all of college football. And now the fact that they just added Vic Burley to their class, it officially makes their recruiting class the number fourth-ranked class in the 2023 cycle. So, Dabo Sweeney, keep doing whatever you're doing. I mean, probably there's some NIL money involved, but 
you are definitely leading this Clemson Tigers program right back in the same direction that led them to those couple national championship appearances. And, I mean, don't be shocked to see Clemson absolutely ball out this year. You know, they just got Cade Klubnik from Austin Westlake High School this year. He will probably end up starting over DJ if DJ doesn't perform like he's supposed to which was kind of unfortunate because I remember during the COVID season back in 2020 whenever Clemson went up to South Bend and played Notre Dame, Trevor Lawrence I think was injured or he, I think he was either injured or he tested positive for um, COVID so he couldn't play. But with you know without having Trevor Lawrence's starting quarterback, that left a huge responsibility on DJ to perform up to Trevor Lawrence's, you know, capability which he pretty much did during that game despite Clemson losing to Notre Dame it was a very tight-knit game went into overtime but unfortunately Notre Dame would go on to beat the Tigers but it looked like DJ had a bright future future with the Clemson Tigers going forward but definitely this past season he had a lot of moments where his flaws became a lot more prominent than his actual skills so I'm hoping that he's able to refine him during the offseason this season and we can actually see him ball out during the 2022 campaign so but anyway the Clemson Tigers they definitely do have a very bright future you know for that program but at the same time Clemson fans don't get too excited because all these recruitments did have to come at a cost because current Clemson commit and four-star wide receiver Nathaniel Joseph out of Miami has officially decided to decommit from the Tigers. Now, this doesn't really shock me as he currently is playing for Miami Edison High School and is currently right now trending to end up with the Miami Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal, which is not shocking at all because a lot of players have been doing this because they believe in what Mario is doing for the Hurricanes and possibly bringing them back up to that early 2000s prominence that they did have back when Sean Taylor was still with the Miami Hurricane, Hurric, Hur, uh, Hurricanes. But anyway, Nathaniel Joseph, he is also rated as the 105th best player in the class of 2023 and the 16th best wide receiver in the class of 2023. So definitely, it is a it is a pretty solid loss for the Tigers. They'll probably rebound from it anyway. I don't think it's going to hurt them that much. But it does look like Miami might finally be getting back in the news for you know trending and getting all these transfer portal guys and getting a lot of these high school kids to commit to their school and actually buy into what Mario Cristobal's message is for you know the hurricanes and hurricane fans because as we know these past couple years it's been very brutal down there in Miami I mean they just haven't had any type of success they've been losing games that they should have won and you know Miami they expect a lot for a program that had won numerous national championships so hopefully we might be able to see Miami kind of trend upwards in recruiting and transfer portal wise and you know, I, I really like Mario Cristobal. I liked his time when he was also with Oregon, and I do think he'll do a great job going back to his alma mater and being able to, you know, just kind of return back home because that's going to give him a lot of energy to, you know, kind of be able to bring that program back to prominence like it once did have. So, but anyways, that is it for Clemson news, Miami news, or whatnot. But let's talk about actually Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma, as we all know, not really big fans of the transfer portal. I don't really blame him at all because he kind of did get screwed over by Lincoln Riley going to USC, bringing all his old players over with him. I mean, I don't blame the players. Like, once again, anyone that has any type of resentment towards the players don't. They're doing what's best for them in their future. So, I mean, if, you, if you're offered $100,000, $200,000 NIL deals to just go over to USC and be a role player or possibly just have 40000 in Norman, Oklahoma – I think a lot of us would go over to L.A. and take that $200,000 NIL deal. So, once again, there should be no blame on the players or anything like that. And you can kind of say the same thing with Lincoln Riley. I'm still 50-50 on it because I do believe 
that Oklahoma would have given him all that money if if they if he really wanted it that bad. But despite the fact there is a new era of Oklahoma Sooners football, and that is going to be with Brent Venables at the helm as head coach. And I do believe, and I will say this once again, and I will say it very loudly, I do believe that Brent is a way better head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners because his main message is defense. He is a defensive coach, and that is something that Oklahoma has needed for so long because Oklahoma will always be an offensive you know, offensive team. They always have been. They've always been known for being a super high-powered offense. But I do think that the, ter- the tables do need to turn a little bit for the Sooners, and they do need to shift their focus a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball, especially when they do go over to the SEC in 2024 or 2025, depending on if they buy out their contract with the Big 12. So it will be interesting to see how Brent does operate this Oklahoma Sooners team. But anyway, the Sooners actually did get a commitment in the transfer portal, and this is coming from former UCF running back Bentavious Thompson. Now, Bentavious Thompson, he played 30 games at, U- at UCF, racking up 1,100 yards. 13 rushing touchdowns and he also played alongside former UCF quarterback and current Oklahoma Sooners quarterback Dylan Gabriel in the 2019 and 2020 season so there will be some familiar familiarity there between the running back and quarterback duo now obviously Oklahoma they are pretty stacked when it comes to the running back position as they are going to be getting two returning running backs in Eric Gray and Marcus Major and now they're also going to be getting some very highly touted incoming freshman running backs in Javante Barnes and Gavin Soshik so nothing less Oklahoma's looking very promising once again on offense despite losing a lot of players to the transfer portal so I once again Oklahoma Sooner fans I would feel this is probably the best I would have felt about the program in years simply for the fact that I think Brent overall is going to be a better head coach for the Sooners and he's already showing very impressive you know upgrades for the team that they just were not getting with Lincoln Riley now anyway guys that is it for today's college football news wasn't too too much to talk about but the news that we did have was kind of interesting I mean I'm glad that Clemson who had been quiet in the recruiting like process for the most part these past couple weeks they're finally starting to heating they're finally starting to heat up and I definitely do think that there's an immense future for the Tigers going forward in their future recruiting classes now guys that does wrap up today's college football segment so let's kind of move over to some NFL news and we actually do have a decent amount of NFL news to talk about today but the most breaking news and kind of most impactful news is regarding the Pittsburgh Steelers and their star safety Minka Fitzpatrick now both sides on Tuesday they agreed to a four-year 73 and a half million dollar contract extension which actually makes Minka Fitzpatrick the highest paid safety in NFL history so once again congrats to Minka on up you know absolutely getting the back from the Pittsburgh Steelers but it is most definitely well deserved because he's been arguably one of if not the best safeties in all of football alongside guys like Derwin James, Jamal Adams, and Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. But before Minka actually ended up in Pittsburgh, he did have a very interesting start to his NFL career as he was taken by the Miami Dolphins in the first round of the 2016 NFL Draft. Played three decent seasons with the Dolphins, but the Dolphins realized they could get some value out of him during the 2019 season. So in week two of 2019, the Miami Dolphins shipped him out to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a first round pick. And ever since he ended up in Pittsburgh, it seemed like his play had only gotten consistently better as during the 2019 and 2020 season, he was selected to the Pro Bowl and was also taken as a first team All-Pro in those two years. So 
was an, made an immediate impact on that Steelers defense that definitely needed spark, and I felt like they majorly got it in Minka Fitzpatrick. And during this past season, in the 2021 season, he had 124 tackles, which was his first season in the NFL with more than 100, and was also a 45-tackle jump from his current 2020 total. And also, another interesting stat, he's had over 11 interceptions throughout his three years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and has also been able to stay on the field and not really injured as he's played in all but one game starting in the other 46 games that he's appeared in with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it was bound to happen. The Steelers were going to have to pay him some pretty you know, hefty money. But I do feel like he is arguably one of, if not the best safeties in the league. And pretty much any NFL fan, even if you do hate the Steelers, you can agree on the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick is elite. Definitely one of the better safeties in the league and was well-deserving of this NFL record-setting contract. So congrats once again to Minka for being able to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, I mean, he's you know, I mean, he's said it numerous times throughout interviews that he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the team that he's felt the most comfortable with. And I only expect his play to continue to, you know, become better and better and better. And, I mean, Minka has never really been questioned like a lot of other players in the NFL for his consistency because he's always been able to stay consistently on the field and play at a very elite level consistently on a consistent basis. But, anyways, the Pittsburgh Steelers and star safety Minka Fitzpatrick have agreed to a four-year, $73.5 million contract extension, which now makes Minka Fitzpatrick the highest-paid safety in NFL history. Now the next news I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about a little, or we're going to talk about a couple signings and releases and all that. But the next news I want to talk about is regarding the New England Patriots. Now the New England Patriots they went out and actually decided they wanted to continue to upgrade their wide receiver room, so they went out and got former Texas wide receiver and, and former New Orleans Saints wide receiver, Little Jordan Humphrey. Now Little Jordan Humphrey was a very solid um, player when he was at UT. I remember watching him numerous times as a TCU fan was definitely a red zone threat as he is huge i'm talking six foot four and also does have some decent speed on him now after coming out of texas in the 2019 draft he was undrafted the saints signed into an undrafted free agent deal and not really and you know his first couple seasons in the league he really didn't play too much but finally during the 2021 season he started to gain some traction with the new orleans saints as he played in 10 games with four starts and caught 13 passes for 249 yards and two touchdowns. So a pretty, you know, impressive stat line for a guy that's not even really a a third or even fourth wide receiver option on that team. So the Patriots actually went out and signed him to a one-year deal, hoping that he could provide some more depth for a wide receiver room that desperately needs it and they're needing to continue to add at that position. You know, they did try and make some improvements. They went out and traded for Miami Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker, who I still am kind of high on because I remember watching him at Louisville. I remember his first couple of years with the Miami Dolphins. I know he still has a skill set, and I think when he is healthy, he can definitely be a top 25 wide receiver in the NFL. But anyway, it's kind of more of an underrated underrated signing, in my opinion, because Lil Jordan, obviously, statistically, is not going to blow you away. But I do think, obviously, Bill Belichick's been known for using a lot of these underrated guys the right way in his, his system. So... I think the New England Patriots are going to actually have some decent decent success with little Jordan Humphrey. Now, the next deal I want to talk about is involving the Baltimore Ravens and defensive end Derek Wolf. Now, Derek Wolf and the Baltimore Ravens, they actually agreed on a three-year contract extension back in March of 2021 following his first season in Baltimore, which he actually did play a huge role because, once again, these past couple seasons, Baltimore has been dealing with so many injuries, whether it is on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball. 
But unfortunately, on Tuesday, the Baltimore Ravens did announce that um, their side and Derek Wolf had agreed on a injury settlement to release the defensive end from the team after he had just gone through his second hip surgery just in this offseason and also did miss all of the 2021 season with a back injury. And he is also 32 years old, which is getting up there in decent age for, you know, a lot of NFL teams and just NFL players in general. And it just made a lot of sense because they were going to owe him three and a half million dollars this season. So if they don't really want to have to pay a guy just to sit on the bench, but they still do have a lot of decent options for the defensive line as they went out in free agency and got Michael Pierce and Brent Urban, as well as select as, as well as selecting Travis Jones in the third round of the draft. So some pretty decent signings. They also did re-sign Calais Campbell to a two-year deal, and they still do have third-year defensive lineman Justin Matabuki and Broderick Washington to also be able to kind of fulfill that role of Derek Wolf. So. Hopefully Derek Wolf can be able to remain healthy. I think his main thing right now is just being able to just stay healthy and not have to worry about a lot of that pain because I know that definitely could be really annoying. I think football is the last thing he's worried about. So I'm glad that at least the Ravens and Derek Wolf were able to figure out something to be able to at least still, you know, let him get paid. But at the same time, they know that he really there's no use for him on the team anymore just because he's injury prone and decided to move in a different direction. But anyway, guys, our final signing news of today's NFL segment is actually going to be regarding former Michigan standout wide receiver and former Carolina Panthers standout wide receiver in Devin Funches. Now, Devin Funches is probably a name that a lot of y'all have not heard in a while because he's dealt with so many injuries, whether it was with his time with the Indianapolis Colts or the Green Bay Packers. He just was never able to stay healthy because he only played in one game for the Indianapolis Colts after he signed a one-year deal with them in the 2019 offseason. And then that didn't work out, so then he went and signed a two-year deal with the Green Bay Packers, but he ended up sitting out of the 2020 season due to COVID concerns and then suffered a hamstring injury right before the 2021 season. So realistically, Devin Funches hasn't even played an actual game in the NFL since early 2019, so he is a probably kind of a concern for a lot of teams because it's like what experience has he had but anyway Devin Funches actually announced that he had signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions and interesting enough he will actually be transitioning back to tight end where he started his Michigan career now Devin Funches was a second round pick by the Carolina Panthers in the 2015 draft and in his first four seasons with the Panthers he actually did have a pretty you know decent stat line now, throughout 62 games that he played with the franchise, he caught 161 passes for 2,200 yards and 21 touchdowns, and his best season came in his third year with the Panthers where he hauled in 63 passes for 840 yards and 8 touchdowns. So, definitely was looking like he had a bright future with the Panthers. Now, after some injury issues and just inconsistent plays, the Panthers decided to let him walk in free agency, and then that's where he ended up signing with the Indianapolis Colts. But after breaking his collarbone early on in in the season he would end up having to sit out the rest of the season and then would sign that deal with the Packers but anyway this is actually a good move for Devin Funches as he was recruited out of high school as a tight end and even played his first two seasons in college football as a tight end but would end up converting to a wide receiver during his junior season so it makes a lot of sense I mean Devin Funches is six foot four 225 pounds and I think definitely he could be used as a pretty solid rotational piece alongside TJ Hawkinson who's definitely emerged with the Detroit Lions so in my opinion I think it's a pretty decent signing for the Detroit Lions they're going to get him dirt cheap and he does still have a lot of potential despite not really playing that much these past couple years now anyways let's get on to some interesting NFL news and 
this is kind of really funny in my opinion. So as we all know, Pizza Hut has been the you know official pizza of the NFL for what it seems like forever, right? After the whole thing with Papa John's and all that, they ended up going to um, Pizza Hut. So after Pizza Hut and the NFL, their kind of contract expired, the NFL is looking to find a new possible pizza chain that they could end up doing advertisements with, and they found that exactly in Little Caesars. So Little Caesars officially announced that the NFL and Little Caesars will officially be partners and will be the new official pizza sponsor of the NFL. And actually, Twitter and the whole NFL world has kind of been, you know, kind of jabbing at Pizza Hut, saying like, you know, if someone finally out Pizza the Hut, because you know, in Pizza Hut commercials, they're always like, you know, you cannot Pizza the Hut, and yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it looks like Little Caesars, despite not really having the greatest pizza, they just out pizza the hut. So I think it's really funny because now we're going to see Little Caesar commercials instead of seeing all those, you know, three for $10 large pizzas or the like the, you know, those box or whatnot. So it's like three pizzas in a box. And there's those weird things that Pizza Hut, would, pizza hut would always try to do. But anyway, yeah, Little Caesars is now the official pizza of the NFL after Pizza Hut and the NFL decided not to renew a contract. So. I just think it's really funny because so many people have been making so many jokes like, you know, don't talk bad about Little Caesars when you also are like repping this team and yada, yada, yada. So it's just, it's more and more like just a funny thing because, I mean, no, I don't think any of us really care who the official sponsor of pizza is of the NFL. I just think it's funny that someone finally out pizza the hut. But anyway, guys, some actually pretty cool news. So the New Orleans Saints, as we all know, the whole NFL, once they finally allowed the two-helmet rule, teams have been finally going to some throwback uniforms and, you know, just trying to, you know, spice things up like, you know, I mean, we all were hoping they would do. The New Orleans Saints actually announced on Thursday that they would be releasing a new helmet, you know, not a retro or anything like that, an actual new all-black helmet, which it's it looks the exact same as the gold helmet, but instead it is all black. The Saints logo obviously is gold, and then it actually has a bunch of miniature Saint logos going down the middle of the helmet, like striped. You can look it up. It's on the official Instagram of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. I posted it earlier on Thursday morning. And no, I mean, they look pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. I like kind of the just, it spices up because we all know the Saints have pretty much had the same uniforms for eternity. So I like it really. I mean, it's, in my opinion, it looks really cool. Now, actually, this is not the first time the Saints have, you know, ever worn black helmets because actually they did wear black helmets way back in the day in the 1969 preseason but then they ended up scrapping it and giving it to another smaller team called the Richmond Roadrunners which was the Saints Athletic Coast or Atlantic Coast Football League affiliate at that time so you know it never really kind of made any type of movements but I'm really glad the Saints are kind of spicing up their uniforms from what I remembered Camp Jordan he kind of revealed these uniforms and he was wearing the Saints color rush uniforms with it so there won't be any new uniforms or anything like that but it will be a new uniform for the Saints so Saints fans, in my opinion, I think the Saints really did take a dub with this one. I like the all-black look, and it's just really clean. They didn't try and do too much with it, but they did make it still look pretty interesting at the same time. Now, the next news I want to talk about in our actual final news of today's um, NFL segment is regarding Richard Sherman joining Amazon's Thursday Night Football crew as an analyst. So Richard Sherman, like a lot of other former NFL players have done, is actually joining a broadcasting team but has also to you know made sure to make it clear that he is still looking to continue to play in the NFL. That door has not been closed yet. So 
I'm guessing it's kind of like what Jason Witten did a few years back with Fox where he was in the broadcast booth for, I think it was just a year, and then he ended up signing again with the Dallas Cowboys and then the Raiders for a couple years and, you know, kind of just left the door open to possibly return to football. And I definitely do think Richard Sherman does still have some stuff left in the tank. I know his little tenure with the Bucks was definitely underwhelming to say the least, but I do possibly see Richard Sherman ending up back on the NFL field, but I do think it is cool the fact that we will be able to have Richard Sherman in the booth because he's just always been a really entertaining guy. I still remember his interview that he had after the um, Seattle Seahawks knocked off the San Francisco 49ers in the 2012 playoffs, and then he was talking about Michael Crabtree and going on a you know all-time rant about it. So, anyways, I still think it's really cool, and you know we're gonna have another former NFL player joining the um, broadcast booth for the NFL and I definitely do think that we can finally get some more pro insight instead of just a lot of you know just guys that have never had any type of NFL experience so now we'll have some NFL experience talking about NFL games and kind of you know just reading off the you know what I mean it's just it's just kind of cool that we're they're, they're finally spicing things up but anyway guys that wraps up today's NFL segment there was a lot of entertaining stuff let me know what y'all's favorite thing was I know my favorite one was probably the Little Caesars thing because it's just you know, no one could ever out Pizza the Hut except Little Caesars and their checkbook. But anyway, guys, let's get into our final segment of today's episode. And this will be one NBA trade, and then we will talk about the Houston Astros actually having a pretty interesting game, to say the least. Now, the first news in the NBA news I want to talk about is regarding the Dallas Mavericks and the Houston Rockets. Now, the Dallas Mavericks and the Houston Rockets made a trade on Wednesday that would send um, Houston Rockets center slash power forward Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for the number 26 pick in the 2022 draft and Boban Marjanovic, Marquise Chris, Trey Burke, and Sterling Brown will be heading to Houston in exchange for Christian Wood which was an amazing steal by the Dallas Mavericks because they've been needing a lot of help when it comes to the big man position and getting a guy like Christian Wood who is six foot eleven and through his two seasons with the Houston Rockets he actually averaged nineteen point one points nine point nine rebounds in just two seasons with the team now he is due to make fourteen and a half million dollars next season so I know that is a hefty penny but Christian Wood has kind of been one of the more underrated players in the NBA and obviously the Dallas Mavericks their main move that they needed to make in the offseason was upgrading at the big man position most specifically the center position so getting Christian Wood definitely improved that a lot Christian Wood has a lot of length and size and I think I mean obviously the Mavericks they won this trade but it did make sense for the Houston Rockets because they're trying to just go extremely younger and they're trying to get as much draft capital as they can kind of what the Oklahoma City Thunder were doing a while back so I mean, it, in my opinion, it made sense for both sides. Now, obviously, the players that Dallas sent to Houston will probably not be with the Rockets that long. It does hurt because, you know, Boban, who's kind of been known as like a Dallas icon at this point, he is leaving Dallas and is heading down south to go join the Houston Rockets. So I know that probably hurts Maverick fans a lot. But it had to be done. Boban really is just a, just a bench guy. He doesn't really actually play a lot. So, But definitely the fact that they were able to get Christian Wood and not really have to give up that much capital and even player capital – Pretty inche- pretty impressive job by the Mavericks front office. Now, the final news of today's episode that I want to talk about, this is actually regarding the Houston Astros and their pitching staff and some MLB history that they made on Wednesday against the Texas Rangers. Well, on that game, Luis Garcia was starting for the Astros, and during the second inning of that game, Luis Garcia recorded an immaculate inning by striking out Nathaniel Lowe, Ezekiel Duran, and Brad Miller with only nine pitches, a.k.a. an immaculate inning. 
And what's even funny is five innings later, relief pitcher Phil Matten, who is a right-handed uh, pitcher for the Astros, he did the exact same thing as Luis Garcia while also facing these same three batters in Nathaniel Lowe, Ezekiel Duran, and Brad Miller for the Texas Rangers, which gave the Houston Astros two immaculate innings in the same game, while the two immaculate innings were off of two, the same three players. So that's just insane. I can't tell you the last time. I've even I don't think I've ever seen two immaculate innings in the same game, let alone I don't think I've ever watched in real time an immaculate inning happen so, happen. so that was pretty cool. I mean, I just couldn't believe it at all. I mean, I was just it's, I mean it's really rare to see an immaculate inning and anything like that. But the fact that the Astros were able to do two immaculate innings with two separate pitchers that is really impressive. And not to also add that we'll probably end up remembering this for a long time because I don't think in any of our lifetimes we'll ever see another two immaculate game inning where the same three batters were struck out to give that team those two immaculate innings. So I just thought it was really cool. I feel like I would share it with y'all because it's just something that you really don't see every single day because those two immaculate innings were the 106th and 107th immaculate innings in MLB history. So yeah, congrats to Luis Garcia and uh, Phil Matten. But anyway, guys, that is going to wrap up today's episode. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed definitely making it for y'all. And guys, I know I keep saying this every single episode, but I do want to, you know, if y'all do feel like stepping up your support for the podcast, Anchor.com, they are offering a $4.99 monthly supporter program where it allows me to be able to better the quality of the podcast, give y'all some exclusive perks as monthly supporters, and be able to actually give y'all some giveaways if we when we do reach certain milestones. But anyway, guys, once again, it is not required. I'm not expecting it. I'm so thankful for any type of likes, listens, whatever it might be. Anything that y'all are able just to simply do, it is very much appreciated. And I'm just so happy that I'm in the position I am because, once again, I would not be here if it was not for all of you beautiful people listening to these podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But anyway, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Friday and rest of y'all's day. I hope y'all have a great weekend and make sure to come back here on Monday and we'll continue to talk about even more sports. Peace, guys.